So, if someone gave you a test, and they asked you, what would be the fastest way for you to change your productivity? It would be to stop focusing on what to and focus on your you do nothing else but that. What does RPM stand for? The rapid planning method, also known as the results planning method. It also stands for the three questions you're gonna to start to ask. What's the first question? It is not, what am I going to? The first question is, what is my? And then as you get more clear than that, outcome starts broad. To make it more specific, you say, what's the specific what? Result that I'm after. What do I really want? What's my outcome? What's the result? So usually I start out with the outcome because it's broad and the result makes you make it even more specific, okay? Start broad, get more specific. And by the way, writing that down, you might write your outcome and scribble out and rewrite it a few times so you got something that really grabbed you. That takes more time than just writing a to-do down. But it's time well wasted, if you want to think of it as wasting. And pretty quickly, by the way, you know what you're gonna find out? There aren't that many outcomes you're after in life. Lots of activities, not that outcomes, and pretty soon, it'll be a shortcut. Just like rewriting your handwriting, you won't just cut the time in half, it'll cut it by two-thirds, because you'll, you'll know right where to go. That's what starts to happen. You start developing what I call pathways of power, where you know, this is what I do, this is how I do it, this is how I get to that result. And most people don't have no clue how they get there. The second P stands for, the second question I ask myself is what? What's my purpose? Why am I doing this? And there are different emotions for each of us that drive us most. Some words will completely change your state. When you have that right word, for me it's impact, for example, or love, or contribution, or making a difference, or have fun. A couple things like that change the game for me overnight versus I have to. How many hate having to do things? Say I. You don't ever have to do anything if you get clear about your real purpose. And then the M stands for my massive action plan, also known as my map, which is what you would call a to-do list. But it's the to-do list to get this outcome through the state of this purpose. Make sense? RPM. If you do nothing else but learn to ask those questions, use them as an organizational tool, and you leave today with that alone, your life will change. Because you're gonna change the sorting device of your own focus. That's the power of it. Now, you might wake up in the morning, if all you do is you don't do RPM, all you do is on. Here's on. Outcomes and necessities. <laughs> You know your outcome and what's necessary to get it done, that's a shortcut. It's not as emotionally rich though, by the way, when you leave out the purpose. You get the idea? It takes longer to think through and write out the purpose, but you, there's a different state you're in, as you just said, ma'am, when you're connected to the why. In fact, it'll change your to-do list, it'll change your map, it'll change what's necessary. That's why it takes a little more time to do initially, but after a while it won't. It'll just be in you. What's my outcome? What's my outcome? Okay, let's get crystal clear on the outcome. Okay, now that I got that, now, why? And you'll get good at the why. A couple key words. You'll start to know the words that always fire you up. And we're going to look at that in a moment, by the way. Because words change emotion. And change the emotion, you change what people actually do. Not what they write down they're going to do, what they actually do. You change the quality of how they do it. Because it changes their state. Make sense? So if you're going to master RPM, and you're not going to do that today, but if you want to, let me just kind of give you the overview. There's seven principles of power. Just capture them if you want. First one we're going to come back to right now, but I'll start with it at the top. Believe it or not, above anything else is the power of language. Why is language so important in managing your life, your emotions, your results? 
Because we don't experience life. We experience the way we repackage life the minute we label it. See, if you have an experience and in your body, your nervous system is feeling this sense of discomfort, then think of it this way. There's these uncomfortable feelings coming through you. Think of it like a funnel. And all this noise, environmental stimulus is coming through you. And then you have certain words you use very often, two or three that you use. Kind of like you're taking all this juice in and you're gonna have these cookie cutters. And the words you use most often are pissed off, frustrated, and annoyed. You're gonna get a very different experience than if the person has the habit of being enraged, right, crazy, wanna kill someone. Or someone else who goes, you know, that peeves me. <laughs> they take that same stuff and goes, peeves me. Someone else goes, I want to kill someone. It has nothing to do with the actual experience. It's the words. I'll give you an, an example. Anybody here know who Ken Blanchard is? Wrote the One Minute Manager? So Ken's a dear friend of mine. I've known Ken for, gosh, 30 years. And if you haven't ever heard Ken speak, he's, he's the real thing. He's such a sweet soul. And he takes complex things and makes them really simple. Ken is one of those universally happy guys. And one of the reasons he's happy is his language patterns. See, we all have habitual language patterns. We filter the word and we put the label of what it is on it. And the minute you label an experience, the experience becomes that in your body. So some people will say, well, if I said to you, uh, you're mistaken about that, John. How do you feel if somebody says you're mistaken? What if I say, John, you're wrong? Who feels a little different now? What if I say, John, you're lying? Who here will get into real intense experiences? Somebody says you're lying, right? Because your integrity is there. But all you have is change one word and we can change your biochemistry, right? Well, we use words all the time with our experience just because it's the habit of what we use most often. My mother's passed away, bless her soul, but when she was alive, I told this story. She used to always be humiliated by everything. She called my house back in the days before email, and I was, you know, traveling like crazy, and there was a answering machine, the old-style answering machine, and she'd leave a message. I'm humiliated that I have to leave a message for my son. What is he, press the United States or something? But and in the beginning, I get hooked, but then I noticed my mom was humiliated by everything. She was humiliated by the drugstore clerk. Because anytime she was uncomfortable, she called it humiliated. Till one day, I explained to her what humiliated was, and we had this interesting conversation. <laughs> And I got to see there were many other choices besides humiliated. You could be pissed off, frustrated, ignored, loved. But we get in the habits of attaching things. So Ken Blanchard, the reason I bring him up, Ken and I are good friends, and we were talking one time about how words affect people. And he goes, you know, Tony, he said, I have this attitude of life. You know, the worst, you know, a great, you know, the worst a day can be is a great day for me. He said, if you're going to go golf or you're going to go fish, you can't get back from golfing pissed off. Because the worst of the day at golfing is going to be is a great day. And that's the label he has for everything great. So he went on with a group of people I know. Some of them are from the entertainment business. And some are some, you know, very mucky, mucky big wigs. And they're used to having things their way. And they went to Africa. And they went on a safari. And Ken went with them. And I'd been on the safari before. And it's a pretty intense safari and a beautiful safari. And the people running it know their stuff. First class organization. But one particular person will leave unnamed, who's a very famous Hollywood producer, decides that he wants to take control of the show from the guy who runs it, who lives in Africa, and he knows what he's doing. 
And so he says, look, I want these roofs off. I don't want them just open up. I want them off. I want to be able to shoot the whole time. And he said, look, sir. He said, right now everything's fine, but if the truck were to break down, you want that roof on. We don't want to leave off the roof. The guy was so abusive, the man finally bent. So sure enough, Ken, all these guys are out there. They're taking pictures, and they're out in the middle of this crater, Ngurungur Crater. If you've ever been there, it's an unbelievable place. It's like every kind of animal you could imagine is there. And sure enough, as they start going later, the guy goes, let's, no, let's stay a little longer. Let's stay a little longer. And he's very influential, and he pushes the guide, and they stay out longer than they would. Now they've got to rush back before darkness, and they don't have the roof on. And you guessed it. The car, the truck breaks down. They're in the middle of nowhere. No one's answering the radio. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. <laughs> Everything's going to creep in. And one guy's going, oh my God, we're going to die. Oh, it's your fault. He's screaming at the other guy. And the other guy's screaming at him. And I got the, I got the play-by-play from two other people that were there besides Ken. But they told me that in the midst of all these people freaking out, angry, and people scared and everything else, because you could actually see the animals coming. And they're taking out their rifles, and it's getting tense. And in the middle of the stuff, Ken looks out and says, this is inconvenient. <laughs> and he, he wasn't faking. That's the word he used for this experience. It's inconvenient. And that's the word he uses all the time for things other people are stressed out about. And as a result, that's all it is, is inconvenient to him. And sure enough, guess what? Finally, the radio worked. Within a half hour, a guy came out. They brought some other trucks. They got these guys out of there. They left the truck there. Everybody was fine. But the people are like, oh my God, you killed us. Other people, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. You son of a bitch. I mean, every language pattern you can imagine. Only one inconvenience. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Much of your life has nothing to do with your life. It's the way you use language habitually. Language is the trigger for meaning. And meaning equals emotion. So when I think of RPM, it's about language because it's about the questions you ask because those questions control what you focus on. But it's also the words you use to describe your outcome. The words you describe to describe the why. One word can change the whole game. If your description of, of, you know, you're a stockbroker and what you describe, what you do is you go, I got a cold call on people every day. That's not going to get you moving very much. Remember one guy I was talking to him, he was so much more successful, he was brand new. He was blown by everybody. So I went and interviewed him because, you know, all these other people are bitching and griping. He was having such a great day. I said, what are you? He goes, I'm a treasure hunter. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I'm searching. Every time I call the phone, I'm, I'm searching for buried treasure. You see, you don't get treasure every time, but when you get it, there's always, there's going to be, if you keep digging, there's going to be a treasure. And sure enough, you get one client that would do more business for him than all the other guys got. And, but the difference was when he called people on the phone, he searched for treasure. Does that change the state? Does that change the quality of his voice? Will that actually change the result he's likely to get with a stranger, yes or no? So ladies... You know, you've got a ring that this man's about to give you or gives you, and somebody else sees it, and they say, well, that's kind of nice. 
versus that's magnificence versus what a rock. Would it change how you feel, yes or no? A little or completely? I, I say to you, you come to me and say, Tony, I'm single, you meet thousands of people, you, I'm your friend, help me out. Set me up, man. And so I say to you, okay, I know this really nice girl, this really nice guy. You got a state about it, don't you? What if I say, I know this woman, I know this man, I know this woman who is delicious. I didn't even say anything that makes any sense, but how many are in a different state already, right? It's like if I said during the break, we're gonna have some really nutritious snacks. Yay. Even people that are health oriented are like, yay. But when I say it's delicious, does it change completely how you feel about it? Yes or no? You have to know every moment of your life. This is not about planning, it's about creating. Think about planning as creating. Whenever I think about planning, I'm creating something. And you create things with both your vision and your language, and then your action. But your vision and your language will shape how you feel, which will shape what you do or don't do. So this is the part that takes more time in the beginning, takes longer, but it's so much faster, because once you know the patterns of what move you, you just use that and boom, it's like knowing the light switch to turn yourself on and rock and roll. And anybody who's the best in the world at what they do, they know how to turn themselves on every time. They know their triggers. That's what RPM's really about, too. So this is not some frickin' time management program. Like, because every system, I don't care, and, and, and obviously Mr. Covey is a dear friend of mine, senior and junior, right? This is not Franklin Covey. This is not a little planning system. This is not pulling out your Blackberry. This is not using things or whatever tool you use. This is a system of thinking and feeling and producing massive results that you want to take to whatever system you go to and ideally maybe have a system that is set up this way. But even if you don't, you can do it with just the thinking process. So I want you to start with this first principle of power, this principle of language, which you might think of as the principle of passion. That's really what it is. The power of language is it produces passion. And by the way, Passion is the genesis of genius. It's a great quote by a brilliant man, Tony Robbins. <laughs> no, I thought that sometime. I thought that's really true. I wrote it down. It's like passion is the genesis. You see some genius in anybody? It's because they're passionate. That's where genius flows. And passion is because it's about something more than yourself. It's about something larger. Now, let's do this for a moment. Let's have you right now, anywhere you want in your notes, I'm gonna give you one minute and I want you to write as fast as you can words that would increase your emotional intensity. Like for me, I'll give you some of mine. Mine are passion, mine are love, mine are make a difference, mine is transform, have an impact, right? Have fun, there's certain key words. There are roles in my life. You know, father of the clan, you know, mentor, leader, friend. Certain mentor, there's certain language patterns. When I think about myself as that person, I do things differently from that place, right? So I want you to write down any words at all for 60 seconds. Just write down real fast, what are some words or phrases that would excite you or juice up your life if they were being used regularly, that'll move you emotionally? Choose words that you're associated to, either in a context like your health or your business or just overall words. Just write words that would move you. If you write a word and doesn't move you so much, cross it out and write a different word that moves you more.
I'll warn you, a five cent word is often more powerful than a 50 cent word. You can say, I am becoming a facilitator of transformational change around the globe at this moment now. Or you can write down, kick ass, take names. Sometimes kick ass, take names will move you more than facilitator of the human transformational experience. Write some phrases now that you might use when you think about things you want to achieve in your business. What do you want to do? And write them in words that are passionate, not just increase sales. What would you do? What would you put in front of that word, increase sales? If you're going to produce, crush it, transform the marketing department, take it to a new level. What are some phrases, words, that if you put them around outcomes that you have for your business, it would excite you to do it. Instead of having to do it, you get to do it. Can you think of an activity that you normally do not like to do? You'd rather have somebody else do it if you could. Think of an activity like that right now that you either put off or you try to get other people to do or you finally do get other people to do. How many can think of an activity like that? Part of your business, part of your life. Great. Someone stand up and tell me what that activity is. By the way, stand up if you can remember also a time when you did the activity and you actually enjoyed it. It was an exception, but you actually enjoyed it. Who's had both those experiences? Something you hate to do, but then you had a time you can remember where you really enjoyed doing it. It was the same activity, but somehow it worked. Okay, how about right here? Yes, give her a hand. Do I have to tell you a be of my hand, ladies and gentlemen? Tell us, what was the activity you don't normally like to do, you like to push off on others? Paperwork. Paperwork. Yeah. Now, the word paperwork alone, does that, when you guys see, hear that word, how many of you don't want to do it either? Raise your hand. So just the way she's languaging, by the way, she's not telling you the outcome, she's telling you the activity. Think of it this way. If someone told you the process of having a child and all the processes you have to do to raise that child and you were focused on what you had to do to raise the child versus the outcome would you ever, or the purpose, would you ever do it, yes or no? If someone would have told you in advance all you would have to do in your business to make your business successful and you were focused on all you had to do the to-dos versus the outcome of owning and growing your own business. Would you ever have gotten into it, yes or no? So she's focused on the to-do, and she's languaged the to-do in a way that is incredibly moving. <laughs> okay, so paperwork. And so when you normally think about doing paperwork, how do you language that to yourself? What do you say to yourself? I... I hate doing it, it bogs me down, it, it doesn't add to my results, which is making sales. That's right. And notice, it doesn't add to my results, which is making sales. Great. So now, there was a time you actually enjoyed paperwork? Yes. Tell me about that time. Uh, when I was younger and I was just starting out in my career and it gave me a way to process my day and order my thinking. So it gave me these chunks of accomplishments. Oh. And so when you talked about paperwork then, you didn't call it paperwork then, did you? No, I called it probably uh, priorities. Yes. What did you call it? Priorities? What? Probably priorities. So what would your phrase be back then, do you think? You, when you're thinking about this, you'd say, I'm going to get to, or I'm going to do, or I'm going to prioritize my day. These are my projects. Ah, she called it prioritizing her projects. 
How many feel better about that than paper frickin' work? <laughs> now, if she just changed that language alone, I want you to think about right now. Do you have some paperwork waiting for you at home? Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. So what is that paperwork really going to accomplish if you get it done? Well, in some ways, it moves things forward. I mean, if, if you don't do it, what's going to happen? Uh, things aren't going to get scheduled. They're not going to make deadline. Clients are going to be unhappy. And what will that do to sales? Uh, that will drop them eventually. Or it'll make me run around trying to fix things. So is sales important to you? Absolutely. And are making people happy, your clients happy, important to you? Well, yeah, I mean, the sales are important because basically what I'm doing is helping people with their business. So that's... Yes, and how many people fail because they don't do their paperwork, do you think? Well, I mean, if you put it that way, that's not why they fail. I didn't put, <laughs> I didn't put it that way. I just asked the question. Different question, yeah. How many saw that? Did I say people fail because they don't do their paperwork? No, if I said that, her brain would have said no. I just asked her an honest question. How many small businesses do you think fail because they don't handle their paperwork, i.e., they don't handle the individual transactions and the details of their priorities effectively? How many businesses do you think fail for that reason? You, how many do you think? I, I think definitely all of them can fail if they don't do that. And you teach these people what to do so they can succeed? Right. No. <laughs> Isn't that what you do? Yes, yeah. But wait a minute, no, 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 no. What, you're talking about paperwork. No, I don't talk about paperwork. I talk about results. Right. And part of the result of a sale is to capture it, deliver it in a form where it can be both followed through on, accounted for, details of. Otherwise, right. it's part of a chain of value. You can't just get someone to say yes and have them get the final value. Most people like to simplify to just the yes. But the real value is not getting someone to say yes. Salespeople think that way. The real value is delivering each step of value along the way that allows you to continue to get that value back to the customer and clients. If you take any, if I said to you, what's more important, a molecule or an atom? The atom. Really? Well, the molecule. <laughs> Okay, which one's more important, the molecule or the cell? The cell or the organ? The organ or the body? Right, it's the body or the community? The community or the ecology? The ecology or the planet? The planet or the solar system? The solar system or the universe? Which one's more important? To me, it's the little things that make up the big things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's quote-unquote the right answer, but it's the little things that make up the big things. So to me... That's more important. Is paperwork a little thing or a big thing? Well, it's a little thing. So that's the most but important it, thing is the little things? But it makes up a big thing, which in the end, you could say would be important because it feeds the purpose. It feeds, look at her face, it feeds the purpose. Yeah. <laughs> paperwork purpose. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. It's an epiphany. How important is paperwork? How important is paperwork? It's very. Zero to ten, where would you put it? Ten. Yeah. So maybe we need to call it something different than paperwork. What is it really? If you were to name it today, not just what you did in the past, what is it really? It's the steps to getting to the purpose. If I had to read it. It's also a promise yeah. that's being kept. Right. 
Are you about keeping promises? Absolutely. Have you dropped out your promises because you didn't have your paperwork or priorities organized? Sure, or stressed out. Or have out other people it. dropped it out because they didn't get the information needed in a timely fashion? And most businesses you're telling me probably fail because they drop out the little things? Absolutely. Because they think it's a little thing when really most people are majoring in minor things, and this is not a minor one, is it? But we start thinking it is, and the minute we give it a label that it's a minor thing that doesn't really matter, yep. then what happens is we no longer give it the focus, and we don't give it the focus, and then it bites us later on. The truth is, which one is more important? The molecule or the atom? The molecule or the cell? The cell or the organ, the organ or the body? Which one is more important? They're equally important. You take any one out of the chain of existence and the whole thing collapses. There is no little things and big things. There's just the things. There's the things that matter. Is this one of those? Yes. If you were going to coach your son or daughter or a child or a dear friend in a business, what would you tell them about paperwork? I would tell them that if it's important. Can you hear the change in her voice? How many hear the change in her voice? Is it changed? Is there a power in her voice right now, yes or no? An authority? Go ahead. Tell me what you tell them. You tell them what? That paperwork is extremely important to the outcome. It's, you know, part of the passion of the purpose, and that's really all you have in life. And I did have that conversation with my daughter. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Give her a hand, ladies and gentlemen. Do you see how important it is, A, to be aware of your language? Language creates meaning. Meaning creates emotion. Emotion determines what you're going to do or not do. You can never again think about time management in terms of to-dos. You need to start with language. The questions you ask and then the words you use to answer it. That's why you've got to craft your outcomes, craft your results, craft the purpose. Takes longer, but you'll do it. Not only that, you'll enjoy it. She says, I'm going to go home and crush that paperwork. That's the word I would use. She go back and she says, I'm going to be, and what if she created a role for herself? I am the queen of paper prioritization. I am the Madonna of, I'm the master of whatever. You know, she comes up with some playful thing and it can be silly and stupid, but it'll change completely how she thinks about it and she feels about it and she'll go straight doing it. How many follow this? By the way, how was she influenced to remember the truth? By me lecturing her, telling her? No, everything was asking her now, in addition, if you want to follow through, remember, if you link more of your needs, there are six needs. If you link one need to it, you got an interest. Two, you got to drive. You link three needs to it, you're going to do it. Now, she was linking feeling insignificant to paperwork. Significance is one of the most important things. You're going to do it. Now, she was linking feeling insignificant to paperwork. Significance is one of the most important things in her life. Right? She wants to significantly contribute. True? And it wasn't that significant to the contribution before, but all of a sudden, now she gets it is. 
It's part of the chain of life. It's part of the chain of keeping a promise. It's part of the chain of my integrity. It's part of my chain of being able to make a difference. And you know what? Everybody else is lousy at it, and I'm not anymore. Because how the hell can I help somebody else if I don't do it myself? And so now she sets a new standard. So now it's significant. And by the way, if you want to make it more fulfilling, she can also say, you know, I'm connected to it because it's connected to the what, she said, to the outcome. There's a purpose here. Now there's connection. Now doing this helps me to contribute. Well, I'm starting to meet a lot of different needs, contribution, significance, connection, love. That's enough to get her to do it. Now, when she goes home, she can even develop a strategy to enjoy it. Like, I, I interview people that do things that other people hate, find out how they do it. Somebody loves to clean their house. I say, well, great, well, let's look at these six human needs, because if you love it, it meets many of your needs, at least three or four. On a zero to ten, cleaning your house, how much certainty does it give you? And the lady says, ten. You say, why? She goes, because I know how to do it well. I do it well every time. I have control of it. Before your emails, as a way for you to get a sense of accomplishment, knocking a few off, doing something that's meaningless, you used to, when you're stressed out, organize your desk. How many are old enough to remember that? Now, you don't even have a desk. Your desk is your laptop, right? So you knock off emails and things to feel a sense of accomplishment, which is you're just being active. You're doing activity. You're not accomplishing anything. Nothing significant. You're doing movement, trying to make it feel like achievement, because you feel uncertain about things out of control. That's what you used to do with paperwork, so you could take it back. What else? I get variety, she says. Cleaning the house? She goes, yes, I have five children. You never know what you're going to find. <laughs> Zero to ten, how much significance? A hundred. Why? She goes, when I'm walking around the house, she goes, I play tapes like yours. I, I do significant, important things. I have time to think through my life as I'm doing these things while I'm accomplishing something. Plus, she goes, most people have a dirty house, and mine isn't dirty. People come over, it's spotless. I feel proud. What else? Connection and love from cleaning the house? She goes, yes, because while I'm cleaning, I pray for my children. I'm ironing, I'm praying for them. Ten. Growth from cleaning the house? Yes, because I'm listening to tapes. I'm thinking of the future. I'm creating my life. Contribution? Yes, to my kids, to my family, to myself. She meets all her needs. That's why she loves cleaning house. Somebody else uses language like, I'm not cleaning that frickin' stuff. It's a waste of my frickin' time. It all depends on what needs you related to. How many follow? Change your words, change your perception, change your procedures. Some people say, I love paying bills. I'm going, you love paying bills? Yes. There's so many of them. <laughs> and they're always changing. <laughs> really, variety. What else? She goes, well... I go, but I pay the bills in different rooms of the house. And I play different music in each room. And then she says it feels significant and she feels connected because she says when I sign the checks, I think of the person and I send them love. And I think as I want them to prosper. And then she goes, I know that comes back to me. It's just what you focus on. What you focus on is first controlled by the words you use. And that's controlled first by the questions you ask whether you're aware of it or not. How many get the power of this principle, the power of language? Raise your hand. Say, ah. 